Are you struggling to find the right words to resonate with your audience? Or have you wondered how AI could fit into your copywriting strategy without losing the human touch? Well, in today's episode, we dive deep into copywriting AI and the surprising life lessons that we can learn from movies like Legally Blonde, which we all know is awesome. My guest today is Isabel Griffin, a seasoned copywriter, and together we explored the power of empathy in copywriting and in business, and how understanding your audience is the key to impactful communication. If you are looking to elevate your copywriting game, curious about the role of AI in the industry, or you're just simply wanting to inject more empathy into your business practices, this episode is a must listen. Isabel, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me, Emily. I'm super excited to be here. So when your pitch for the podcast popped into my inbox, I was super excited because I've been following you for a while on Instagram and I love your content. I love your vibe. I think that we have a very similar approach to business and copywriting. And I think copywriting is often overlooked um, in the business journey and something that we all do almost every day. So I don't think it's something that should be left unchecked or created without thought. So I'd love to just start with the basics. What is copywriting? Where does it live? And fundamentally, why is it so important? Yeah, awesome. To start, yeah, super happy to meet you. I feel like like what you said, we've been following each other on Instagram for a while. I feel like we're living very kind of similar approaches, like you said, to business and to life and just on different continents, I think. Um, but yeah, so I'm super happy to disconnect with you. But yeah, in terms of copywriting, so I like to say copywriting is basically the words that encourage you to do something, which I know sounds really vague, but we can get a little bit more specific when you start to think about like where it lives. So I do website copy primarily. So I write the words on website pages that encourage people to book a discovery call or opt in for a freebie or sign up for a course or a program. Those messages that really end up, you read it and you think like, oh, this person gets what I'm going through, gets what I'm struggling with, gets what I want to be doing instead. This is the right choice for me. So I do website copy and emails, but copy also lives in print, in magazines, in advertisements. It could be even like product copy. So maybe it's something on like the kombucha you pick up at the store and you picked one kombucha can over another because one had like a fun tagline that you liked. So it really lives everywhere, but it's just so important for entrepreneurs to have a basic kind of understanding of it and some techniques and just some considerations of it to make sure that their business is doing the best that they want and that they're speaking to the people they want to be speaking to and working with the people they want to be working with. Yeah, it's so true what you said about it living everywhere. I was literally at the pub last night with my partner and on the glass for my cider, it said making fruit more interesting since 1947. And I thought that was amazing. And it's just fun like that. Like that stuck in my mind. And that's what great copy does. So I think it's definitely an underrated way to connect with people. So often when people think of websites, they think of the design, which obviously is important, but copy is just it's it's like a split 50 50 like they need to work hand in hand 
So before we jump too much into the nitty gritty of content copywriting, I'd love to have you share a little bit more about your background because I think your story is super interesting as someone who was an environmental historian turned copywriter, which I think is fascinating. So I'd love to know, yeah, a little bit more about your background and I guess how that has informed the way that you approach copywriting. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to say like, I was never that person growing up that knew a hundred percent what I wanted to do. I think every year, I'm sure from the time I was in kindergarten until basically starting my copywriting business, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to be a veterinarian. I'm going to be a paramedic. Like it changed constantly. And a lot of those paths I pursued and then would start to figure out this isn't the right fit for me. But along the way, I started figuring out more and more that I was like, I really like researching. I'm a little bit of like a nerd when it comes to that. I am happy to dig, I mean, through literal boxes of stuff, which I did a lot in when I was doing history, um, but also, you know, Google searches. I love just learning and researching. I like communicating and I like storytelling and I liked writing. And all of that brought me eventually to university where I did an uh, undergraduate degree and a master's degree in environmental history. So basically I learned a lot about whales and specifically pilot whales and I wrote a lot of journal articles on them and I have wrote a thesis on them and I did a lot of research and not kind of in the science side but it was a lot around like what stories do people tell about whales how do people understand whales I did a lot of interviewing and researching and history has kind of I feel like this double side of it of some people absolutely love history like we huge history nerds they're happy to watch like YouTube videos and documentaries and everything and then there's this flip side of it of it seeming like maybe a little boring for some people and I was convinced going in that I was like I don't want to write boring history I want to write stories that are informative and rooted in like actual research and knowledge and data, but just make people feel things and they're memorable and people get excited about them. So yeah, I did my thesis. I wrote for some environmental nonprofits for a long time. I did some work in archaeology consulting and reporting and just kind of that world. But I started having more free time available in the pandemic and also just wanting to write things that were a bit more creative and I could really see the impact they were making on individuals. And that's where I learned more about blog writing and content writing and copywriting. And that's where that path took me. But it's been really neat seeing that so much of what I'm doing now still pulls those same skills that I learned in history. You know, everything I do, I still have to put down a ton of research before I even start writing. I am still writing messaging that needs to be memorable. It needs to be engaging. It needs to be emotional. I'm writing for other people, which is really fun. I get a peek at all these other different careers that are happening and businesses that are happening. So a lot of, yeah, what I learned while doing history is what I'm doing every single day as a copywriter, but just in a slightly different way. And I get 
a lot more opportunities. I'm not just writing about whales anymore. <laughs> I feel I am lacking on my whale knowledge, so maybe I'll have to go and brush up. <laughs> you know, you know a lot of whales also, right? <laughs> I think it's fascinating how you have kind of used the what you learned through your history degree to very much inform what you do now. It's so funny when we look back at our stories and you kind of see the dots connecting that you maybe didn't even realize were connecting at the time. I find that with a lot of people I speak to about their journeys, they end up doing something which is kind of a combination of everything they've done previously, which I always think is so beautiful. What would you say is your biggest piece of advice for somebody if they're wanting to get started with this? Obviously, you have come from a different background. So if people are coming at this from maybe not a... I mean, you do have a way with words, but maybe for someone who doesn't have a way with words, what would you say is number one for people wanting to write for their own website? Where would they get started? Yeah, this is a piece of advice that I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure probably every entrepreneur out there has heard, but I stand by it and I'll go into more detail on it is starting with understanding your audience. That is where I start all my copy projects is I want to know who I'm actually writing for. And I don't just mean in kind of those vague terms of like, oh, it's probably a woman between 30 and 45. And they live in the US in a townhouse. I want to get into knowing them kind of like they're your best friend. You know, I want to know if you're catching up over coffee with them. What is that thing that's going on in their work life that you know they're going to need like a two minute vent session about? Or what is that thing that they are saving up their money or their vacation time to go do? Or what is that thing that you know they're really trying to learn and push themselves to achieve like I want to know those details about your clients and that's what you should know about your clients when you're writing for them because those are the pieces that are going to help you actually be able to write anything that clicks and it's going to help you write something that then when that that client is scrolling through your website, they're going to see that sentence or two sentences and go, oh, this person's speaking directly to me. They know me. So definitely taking that time at the beginning to really break down all those details about who your client is or who you'd like them to be. And there can be some fun things in there. You know, I like also saying like, okay, are they the type of person that's going to watch Ted Lasso or are they more like a Game of Thrones type person those are fun just to kind of paint that picture but really getting into what are the things they are struggling with in their day-to-day what are the things they're really hoping to achieve this month or this year or in the next couple years because that is going to be different depending on who you want your audience to be you know if you your client is maybe a Gen Z who lives in like a big city, the things they're struggling with and want out of their life are going to be something different than maybe someone with a family who's living in a smaller town and raising children and is married and is working towards like more family vacation type life. Those are going to, those people are going to have different desires, different struggles. So getting to know what they really want is going to be key to 
writing any type of copy that works. Yeah, that is 100% the hill that I will die on. This is where I really see the parallels between copywriting and branding so strongly is that for me, audience is everything. I think if your business isn't making decisions around who your audience is, it will get stagnant so quickly, especially throughout the evolution as your business or your brand grows. You have to grow with your people and Mm. If you are focusing too much internally on what your brand wants to say rather than what your audience wants to hear, you're going to be losing that traction that you might have gained. So I think that that is fantastic advice. And I'm also super curious where you fall on the Ted Lasso versus Game of Thrones poll. Oh, <laughs> Ted Lasso all day. Like, <laughs> I, any 30-minute comedy like Ted Lasso, Schitt's Creek, Parks and Rec, That's pretty much all I watch. (laughs) (laughs) So I would love to jump in to a little bit more of maybe a controversial topic in that when we talk about connecting with your audience through copy, so often the advice has been to do things in a way that maybe don't feel right for everyone. And by this, I mean like manipulative marketing tactics, which I know that I personally am not a fan of. It's not my vibe, and I know that it's not yours either. So I would love to know your two cents on this. Like how can people practice ethical copywriting while still connecting with their audience and making them really understand that they know what they're going through? Yeah, absolutely. It sucks that I think marketing... The, the perception of marketing and s- selling is changing, especially I think for small businesses, but there's definitely, you know, this perception that selling is very sleazy, used card salesman type vibes. And I think that is a lot of because of these kind of unethical or harmful or manipulative practices that have been a big trend in marketing. And those are things that are really, you know, trying to get people to buy a product or a service because they're unhappy with something in their life and then digging into that unhappiness you know digging into those pain points those things that they don't people don't feel great about and making them buy out of that kind of desperate need to change and that sucks because it's like who who wants to make someone feel bad about something going on in their life or their business or anything and then I also think who wants to start a partnership you know I don't want a client working with me because they feel like they have no other choice or they feel like they're the path that they're on is just like not going to go well and they have to work with me you know I want to work with people who are excited about the project that we're doing and are excited to work with me. So ethical copywriting is something that I probably only kind of discovered the actual term for it maybe about a year and a half ago, but it was something that I realized I had been kind of writing anyways, because I felt horrible writing any other way that was, that was manipulative, but it's basically around the concept of really being honest with your clients first off about like what is possible for them to achieve with you. Uh, It's not making false promises and kind of really fluffing up what you're going to give them and the success you're going to give them. It is 
being uplifting and aspirational versus maybe being really kind of negative or like I said, kind of making them feel desperate. And I also think a big part of it is being kind of nuanced or leaving space for people to have different experiences or need different um, support. So what I mean with that, like being honest, simple steps are really, you know, showing what you have done with clients in the past. What are the actual kind of wins or successes that you've helped people achieve, being honest about your process, just being really open about how you work with people. In terms of being uplifting, you can still talk to those frustrations and stresses that clients are feeling, but doing it in a way of kind of acknowledging them, acknowledging like, hey, maybe you're feeling this way, or maybe you're struggling with this. And wouldn't it be great to feel this other way or to achieve this other thing instead? So we're not going to ignore the stuff that your clients are dealing with, but we also don't need to like twist that pain point and dig into them at all. And then in terms of kind of leaving space for experiences, this could come out in a lot of ways. It could be even just offering things like payment plans or different levels of services for people who are at have different budgets. It's also not making assumptions that things are like, you know, if you have a course or something and saying like, well, it's only $400. $400 might not seem a lot for you, but for some newer businesses or some people in general, that is a lot. So just being kind of conscious of the the information you're presenting and how accessible it is to others out there. But one thing, I guess for me, the what I always think of when it comes to like ethical copywriting is I think of, I mean, I guess this is like a pop culture kind of moment is that quote from Legally Blonde where she talks about like exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't kill. I think about that with copywriting about like you want to give your people excitement and happy and make them happy and give them energy and like happy people still want to buy they still want to work with you they still have goals they want to achieve and wouldn't it be a much better relationship and collaboration to be working with people who are happy and excited to work with you yeah I mean Legally Blonde just brings out so many lessons. Let's be honest. It's a fantastic film. (laughs) I am obsessed with what you said about saying only $400 and it actually changing that perspective shift in that you don't know what people are going through and you don't know what position people are in. And to bring that assumption to the table automatically creates an emotion in someone that you might not be wanting to evoke. So I guess it's just being very conscious of the words that you're using to really and come at things with a sense of empathy. Yeah. And it's hard. Like I definitely catch myself and I'll go back and I'll look at copy that I've written for myself or for past clients and look at it with fresh eyes and go, oh, I wish I had maybe said that slightly different or because you don't know what you don't know, really. You're in kind of a little bit of a bubble in your own world. So it's definitely hard to step outside of that and try to approach it from other perspectives but that's where I think going back to before about really understanding where your clients are coming from and who you're talking to 
will help that. And then also just being exposed to different lives, different experiences, different businesses, all of those things will help give that bigger picture to kind of approach your copy and make sure it is more accessible. And yeah, just leaving space for those other experiences that maybe aren't your own, but are still out there. Yeah. I'd love to take this like ethical concept and kind of turn it a little bit to a different perspective. And that perspective is AI. So this year I feel like has been the rise of ChatGPT and I feel like we'd be missing an opportunity if we didn't touch on this and the influence it's having on business and on on copy. I know so many businesses are increasingly turning to these AI tools to, well, for many different aspects of business. So I'd love to know as a copywriter, where do you see like the future of copy heading and how can people maybe integrate these like kind of tools like ChatGPT into their workflow, but without losing the kind of authenticity and connection that we know that copy really needs to have? Yeah, I personally, I actually do love ChatGPT. I was very resistant to it at <laughs> first. I was like, I don't need this. I have my process. It's not going to be great. But yeah, as time has gone on and the more I'm using it and plus the advancements they're making on the system. I use it a lot more. I think it is a really great tool, but keeping in mind that it is a tool, you know, I like to compare even to just like Grammarly. A lot of us use Grammarly instead of, you know, learning to spell everything correctly or learning all the correct grammar. We have this tool here that can help us out. And ChatGPT is the exact same. There are definitely... I talked to people about it. There are definitely some things to be cautious about using chat GPT, especially if we want to talk about like ethical copywriting is there are some, it's getting better. They're definitely making improvements, but because chat GPT's knowledge is based on what is out there in the world, that means any kind of discriminations that are happening in the real life can also make its way into the content that ChatGPT creates. But like I said, the team is like making efforts to work on that. So I always like to say like, if you are using ChatGPT to write all of your content and all of your copy, definitely, you know, do your fact checking, but also just be aware of those nuances and make sure that it is creating stuff that's ethical. But in terms of kind of using it for content writers or entrepreneurs or anything like that. I personally am a big fan of using it to brainstorm ideas, to create outlines, to get kind of fresh perspectives, because when you're writing, you can definitely kind of get in your own little bubble and really think, okay, I have this one goal in mind with what I'm writing. I just need everything to connect to that. And you might be so into that zone that you're missing other questions or things that you need to consider. So ChatGPT is really great for all of those things of getting kind of that bigger perspective or a new perspective. Um, But I find there are those still those personal touches that make such a big difference in your copy that, I personally have not been able to get ChatGPT to do to the same level as a real human writer can do. So those are things like 
again, going back to, you know, understanding your client is knowing those little things about like Ted Lasso or Game of Thrones, those little asides that make people pause in your copy and kind of laugh or just think about things themselves. But it's also those emotional kind of triggers that sure ChatGPT can tell you like the situation, like balancing your checkbook or I guess doing your taxes is frustrating and stressful for entrepreneurs. Like, yeah, ChatGPT can tell you that, but kind of anyone can tell you that it's the human writer that's going to dig into those details about, you know, staying up all night, wondering if you filed your taxes right, or if like the IRS or CRA is going to come knock on your door. It's the the wondering like, oh, am I going to be able to afford this family vacation next year? Did I do everything right? Those emotional, personal details are something that ChatGPT is not quite there yet. And then on top of that, there's like the branded information, you know, your specific business approach, your specific brand voice, the way that you run your business and the values you care about, all of that informs your copywriting. And unless you want to sit there and plug all that information into ChatGPT and then hope the system comes back with messaging that ticks all those boxes, that sounds like you, that is the way you want to communicate, that backs all your values, that's something that I would say it's easier for you to have a good understanding of your brand and your business and go in and just write the things yourself so that you know they are sounding like you and it is the way that you want to come across. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? That, I mean, it can create some good copy, like no doubt about it, it can create some good copy. But what it misses is, like you said, the nuances of just being human. And that's because it's not human. We can't expect it to know what it's like to have this human experience. So I think that when you are considering the context of what you're wanting to get from ChatGPT and thinking is this going to be something that an AI model would be able to understand on the level that I'm wanting my audience to understand it. Yeah, absolutely. But I I do say like, if someone has a limited budget, such a great option for getting started. If you're someone that actually kind of enjoys writing and maybe has some knowledge of writing, but you're not so great with like structure or research and details, then ChatGPT also a great tool for that. But yeah, if you're really wanting to bring in those nuances and that really human emotional feeling, that's not something you maybe are going to be really happy with getting out of ChatGPT. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, one of my favorite things to use ChatGPT for is and this is what I talk about it's like having a employee without having an employee because (laughs) I'm someone that loves to like brainstorm and so going back and forth as if it was a person just to like brainstorm things and talk things through it's you know having an, an employee without needing to hire which is super super helpful and using it in a way that isn't so much on the output that you would put public facing but internally can be really helpful 
enemy Grammarly is an absolute lifesaver. I've used it for so many years and I never really clocked that it was AI until AI became so like prevalent this year. And I was like, oh yeah, it is. That yeah, is exactly it's what it is. has been around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny. Like I literally did my dissertation on AI and none of that had clicked in my mind until I started using ChatGPT and I was like, oh wait. And then Grammarly seems to get be getting more and more advanced as well. So everything's just ramped up this year. Yeah, everything. I feel like ChatGPT kind of lit a fire under everyone else of being like, oh yeah, let's we can push the boundaries of what we're doing and see what works and what what doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any final nuggets of wisdom for anyone? Like you said, can't afford the budget of hiring a copywriter. If they wanted to write copy for their own website, for example, what would be like your biggest tip or nugget of wisdom that people could take away? Yeah, so I definitely say, you know, take that time to start with understanding your audience. And then the second step I would go to is, and again, this is what I do for, this is literally the exact first two steps I kind of take when I start any copy project, is starting to build a brand vocabulary. vocabulary. So this is basically you want those words and phrases and jokes and little asides and just writing them all out on a google doc and you can start with looking through maybe your emails or your social media and finding what words do you say a lot what words are you repeating but i also like to look at just where do you feel confident communicating because if you don't like writing social media and then you're trying to build a brand vocabulary vocabulary out of your social media captions where you're like oh I sound super uptight when I'm writing this then that might not be the best place for you to go and get ideas from but if you're like you know what I love doing podcasts so I'm going to listen to what are the words and the phrases and the ways I talk in those spaces that where I feel really comfortable And then, yeah, just make a list for them. You might also want to look at like other websites out there, other brands, see what words kind of get you excited, what words make you feel things and make a list of them and then start to narrow down on kind of the vibe that you want to have. Do you want to be kind of elevated and luxurious and sophisticated? Then look at the words and figure out what words fall under that category or do you want to be very like down to earth easy breezy vibes then look for words that fall under that and then hopefully by pairing you know that really solid understanding of your clients with these on-brand words you'll be able to start piecing things together to work for your home page and your about page and your service page and things that you know are gonna ring true to your audience while still making you feel like you're actually being you on your business and the way you come across. Yeah, that's such fantastic advice. And I love that you took that from your own process. So everyone knows that that is a fantastic next step to take. (laughs) I would love to finish this up with a question that I ask everyone, which is, what are you most excited for in this season of business and life? Yeah, so I feel like this summer has been a very 
my business has definitely kind of taken the back seat this summer. I've had a lot of camping adventures and seeing family, seeing friends, a lot of outdoors, which I have loved and was very much needed after like a very busy spring. But now I have one more trip on the docket. But after that, I'm excited and I'm kind of amping up all my marketing for a course that I've created. I'm relaunching. I've changed some of my services around a little bit. I'm just excited to go into the fall and see how all of this kind of prep work that I've done then actually plays out when it's all out there for everyone to see. Nice. Okay. And I have to ask, what's your course? You got to tell us. So it is blogging for creative businesses. So it's for people out there who I say, you know, like writing, have been interested at the idea of starting a blog, but get super overwhelmed with all those terms like keyword research and headings and formatting and publishing. And like, there's so much to think about when writing a blog it can be you might just pull up a google doc and just stare at it and go not today i'm gonna go make four reels instead (laughs) so it's for people who have been interested in blogging and want to get started it's kind of like an a to z everything you need to know about blogging it's a self-paced video course but we also are going to have a couple live calls where you can ask questions directly to me and get feedback get advice right there as well and that launches september 25th so i don't know when this is going out but yeah should doors should open september 25th perfect that is so exciting Well, thank you so, so much for sharing everything with us. I would love to, you know, where can people find your course, connect with you more, all that that fun stuff? Yeah, so the easiest way probably to contact me is on Instagram. That's pretty much the only social media platform I'm on. So it's just at isabel.griffin. And I'm always happy to have someone pop into my DMs there. And then if you want all the information, though, about me and my work and the course and anything else, then my website, isabelgriffin.com has all of that up there. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been so lovely chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so much.